0: This is the Sales Gravy Podcast. Hi, I'm Jeb Blunt, best-selling author of fanatical prospecting, objections, sales EQ, and Ink, And I'm here to help you open more doors, close bigger deals, and rock your commission check. Welcome back to another episode of the Sales Gravy Podcast. This episode is going to be different. With me is Fred Diamond, and we're going to be talking about something that has nothing to do with sales. We're talking about Lyme disease and chronic Lyme disease in particular. And Fred and I are not Lyme experts. We are sales experts, but Fred has got a a special journey that he's been on with his partner and he wrote a book called love, hope and lime. And if you're watching the video, then I'm I'm holding the book up right here. It's an outstanding book, and it's important because this disease, Lyme disease, is insidious. Uh, it is uh, an epidemic that is—I think you describe it as a silent epidemic, Fred—that a lot of people don't understand. And because I spend a lot of times in a lot of time in the woods in my farm, I'm constantly exposed to ticks, and it's this rare that I don't come back from the farm, and I've got a tick attached to me someplace, and. I think it's an important message. And after I read the book, it was so important that I wanted to get you on the podcast because whether you're in sales or you're in accounting or you're a teacher, or you're a fire, per- fire person, you know, you're, you're a police man. I mean, whatever you do in life, this disease can impact you. So Fred, before we get started, just, I want people to know a little bit about you. You and I have a long history and tell them a little bit about uh, what you do around sales and how you impact salespeople and sales organizations.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Jeb. It's great to be on the show. I appreciate it. yeah, I run what's called the Institute for Excellence in Sales. I'm based in Northern Virginia right outside of Washington DC. The Institute for Excellence in Sales is a global organization. Our mission is to help employers attract, retain, motivate and elevate top-tier sales talent. A lot of our work is is in the focus of women in sales. A lot of our uh, corporate partners, companies like Salesforce, Amazon, Red Hat, Oracle, they've said that one of their top 3 challenges right now is to support women in sales and minorities for for that matter as well. So we have a global women in sales program. We do our women in sales elevation, leadership elevation conference, which is going to be in uh, in April of 2023 in Northern Virginia. And uh, I also uh, do a podcast. It's called the Sales Game Changers podcast. You've been a guest. We're approaching 600 episodes. And this past year, uh, Jeb, I wrote two books. One is based on some of the insights from the podcast. It's called Insights for Sales Game Changers. Some of the highlights of the first... 450 450-some-odd shows, although at this point we're, we're approaching 600, and I'm very proud of that book. Uh, there's a lot of people who've picked it up, and it was designed just to give them some ideas like you've done over the course of your career. <clears throat> but on a personal note, Uh, Someone in my life has what's called chronic Lyme disease, and Lyme disease is a tick-borne illness. It is truly at the epidemic stage. Uh, They estimate that close to 600,000 people per year are newly diagnosed just in the United States alone with tick-borne illness. Uh, Just a little bit of an aside, the tick comes off of a mammal, either a deer or or a mouse typically and gets onto the human. And then in many cases it will bite the human and it transmits. Here's the thing that I didn't know a year ago, you know, a year ago, even though I had uh, this person in my life that I I knew had Lyme disease, I, I knew enough to be supportive, right? And uh, what I have come to learn is that a tick can transmit close to two dozen different uh, infections, are called co-infections. Rocky Mountain spotted fever, Bartonella, Babesius. The problem is, once you get Lyme disease, each of those diseases require their own treatment. So it's it's not just Lyme by itself. Typically, if you're at the chronic stage, which means you know the treatment hasn't taken, or you didn't even know you had Lyme disease, uh, you know you're battling uh, some cases upwards of a couple different dozen diseases in your body.
0: Let's, let's talk about the early stages. So uh, let's say that you have been on a hike and you come out of the woods and what you should be doing when you come out of the woods is you should check yourself. So when I, when I come out of the woods, I literally just take all my clothes off and I look at all the usual places where a tick might get me. And, you know, I try to have my pants stuffed into, into, into uh, my shoe, my boots. And I have, you know, I've got, you know, insect spray around every little opening in my garments. And a lot of times they'll get me in the back of the neck right here is where, where I find them. Let's just say that you come back in and you've been bitten by a tick. You have a tick attached to you or your, your partner, your significant other, you know, a family member, it helps if you help each other, if you're looking and, and they have a tick attached to, to, to them. Let's just start with, with that before we get to chronic, what, what do people do in that moment that you, that you find that a tick has bitten you?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So, one of the great things, that, well, one the, well, one of the things is that Lyme disease is very preventable. If you, uh, if you notice the tick and you get the tick off your body, you can go online. There are places that we, require, we request that you send the tick to so that we can understand. One of the great things that's happening right now is at the university level, like Tufts and, and George Mason University, there's so much uh, work being done to create uh, the prevention of ticks. Uh, of Lyme disease. And if you catch it early enough, you should be in good shape. So let's say that uh, you're on the hike and let's say a day or two later, you have fatigue or you have pain or typically joint problems, Lyme is a bacteria, right? So it bites you and then it gets into every organ potentially gets into your blood system and then goes all over your body. One of the first signs that a lot of people have with Lyme disease is joint problems and it looks like arthritis, right? So if you're ignorant of what Lyme disease is, you may think, wow, I have, I have rheumatoid arthritis or something like that. Well, you don't, it's the Lyme disease representing itself as arthritis. Lyme disease is known in the community as the great imitator. It can look like many, many things, but at the root it's Lyme. So let's say you wake up two days later and you notice a rash, it's called the bullseye rash, right? And maybe it's on your arm or on your back or on your leg. That's a telltale sign that you were bitten by a tick and Lyme disease is beginning to infiltrate your body. What you need to do is if you're a, um, Adult or a child, you got to get to urgent care or possibly the emergency room or your GP, your general practitioner doctor, and they're going to treat it with one of two ways. If they're knowledgeable, they're going to treat it with doxycycline. if you're an adult, it's an antibiotic, or they're going to treat it with amoxicillin if you're a child. And in most cases, that will take care of it. You know, it's, it's, if you catch it quick enough, it can be quickly eradicated. You probably have a couple bad days, maybe a bad week or two. The problem happens when you go to the medical place and they don't know it's Lyme disease; they think it's something else. You know, maybe you have flu symptoms. So they give you a flu treatment. Maybe they think you have COVID, right? So they give you a COVID treatment. The problem is it's not, it's the tick that caused uh, the transmission of, of the illness, but antibiotics should take care of it. 70, 75% of the time. Uh, you just, just got to get it treated quickly within two to three weeks, and you generally should be in pretty good shape. The problem, and I write about this in the book, is there are people who are bitten five, 10, 15 years ago, and they've been to 10, 15, 20 different doctors. Doctors are ignorant about what Lyme disease is, there's no great tests for Lyme disease, so you're uh, uh, wrongly diagnosed with other things. And then next thing you know, it's, it's chronic, it's in your system, it's affected all of your body, all, of, of many, many of your organs, including the brain, and that's where the trouble kicks in. That's where the systems become very, very difficult.
0: Yeah, I've noticed that I, this, this last summer... I was. I had. I woke up one day and I had the you know, arthritis, and I'd been out in the woods, and and this, you know, and it was, and it hit me really hard. And I, I, called my doctor, got on telemedicine, and the very first move was let's bring you in and do a whole lot of blood tests. And I'm like, listen, I was in the woods. I've been bitten by a tick. I just need doxy. Just let's. And but they, they didn't, they didn't understand. But I. So you, so first of all, at the early stages, you really have to step up and inform your. Your, your doctor. And I, I think that as I've gotten older, what I've learned is that, you know, because I think sometimes we think that the doctor knows everything and we're supposed to accept their, you know, their judgment as a fact. And the truth is, is that there's the, the human body is complex. Medi- medicine is complex. And in a lot of cases, if they're not informed or they don't, they, you know, they don't live in a world where that happens a lot, they don't know. And you've got to stand up for yourself.
1: Now, that's a great point. And so about, um, about 18 months ago, where you and I are doing today's interview in, in December of 2022, uh, when I started this journey to truly understand everything I could about lying to to be supportive to for one particular person, uh, I saw a lot of um, anger towards the medical community. I've been to 10 doctors. They dismiss me. And here's the thing. When you get to the 10th doctor, the doctor is going to say, you know, um, we've tested for everything. Your blood work comes fine. Might be mental, or I don't think you have a problem. It's in your head. Well, it's not in your head, uh, Jeb. If you can't get out of bed for three weeks in a row, you can't work. The anxiety is just uh, overtaking you. So it's it's truly a problem. But I agree with what you just said. Is is that, you know, doctors are trained on something, right? Let's say they're trained on infectious disease or they're trained on um, uh, like an orthopedic who's trained on fixing bones, if you will. Uh, That's what they know. You know, it's the old adage that, you know, if all you have is a hammer, every problem's a nail, right? Um, It's taken a lot of doctors to get off of their ego to understand that there may be something out there called Lyme disease. And here's one of the things, Jeb, I've had so many people who've reached out to me who have thanked me for spreading awareness. You know, I'm just a guy, you know, I love somebody and I just, you, you and I are, stu- are students. and so you've written like so many books and I have read so many books. And, you know, if someone says to me, how would you solve this problem? I'm going to spend the next two days researching, talking to people like you and coming up with a solution for the customer. Um, you know, most doctors is like, well, no, it's, this is what I do. This is what I'm telling you you know, this is the problem. So,
0: uh, talk to me about chronic Lyme disease and, uh, in particular, what is it and what makes it so difficult for not only medical personnel to understand, but for anyone for, for, and I, and I know exactly what you're talking about, the dismissal of that's, you've got a mental problem and and I think I think that's true for a lot of chronic diseases that are sort of below the surface. And as a side note, one of the things that I love about this book and one of the things that one of the reasons why I think that people should buy it is that if you take Lyme out of the book, this is a, a, a tutorial on how to support someone that you love who is suffering from something that is difficult to understand. So but but let's walk through chronic Lyme disease and what makes it just so difficult for the per people who are not experiencing it to get
1: First of all, I want to acknowledge what you just said. I've had so many people who reached out and said, you don't need the word Lyme in the title. It could be chronic fatigue syndrome, chronic myalgia, chronic back pain, whatever it might be. And I even toyed with changing the title, but the book truly is about Lyme disease and chronic Lyme disease. So here's the situation Um, you have, you got bitten, let's say it was 10 years ago and you start to exhibit some of the symptoms like we've talked about before. And I go into all the symptoms in the book and the doctors can't help you. They don't know. They think it's this, that, the other thing. And like we just talked about, you go to see 10 doctors, eventually gets to the point it's in your head or something on those lines. Well, it's not in your head. You Something happened to you that has caused you to not be able to work, something that's caused you nothing but anxiety because everything you've tried. Imagine this, Jeb, you've tried 15 different things and none of it works or something works for a week and then the symptoms come back. Right. And that's what people with chronic Lyme disease have faced. So 10 years ago, you got bitten by a tick. You don't even remember it. Ticks are so tiny, they're minuscule. You know, the average deer, it was told to me, has between three and 5,000 ticks on it. The average, yeah, the average mouse has up to a thousand ticks on it. You know, these are tiny little things. You you, you can't even notice them. A lot of people don't even. I'll say to them, "When were you first bitten?" And some people will remember. I went on a canoe trip, or you know, I did this. But a lot of people don't remember the tick uh, that bit them, if you will. So you've gone through this journey, and things come up time and time again. Here's some of the problems with chronic Lyme disease. If you're to Google. Chronic Lyme disease, one of the first pages that comes up is the Centers for Disease Control page, and it says chronic Lyme disease doesn't exist. They say the treatment for Lyme disease is 30 days of antibiotics, like we talked about. If you still exhibit some symptoms, they call it post-treatment Lyme disease syndrome. And they say it's very rare and, well, okay, great. People with chronic Lyme disease were bidden, They weren't treated. They were treated incorrectly, whatever it might be. Now, here's the thing. You're trying to figure out why do I still have this pain? Why can't I get out of bed? Why do my joints always bother me? Why can't I work? Um, Why doesn't anybody believe me? So you're living in this world of, of, I have this thing, you know, it's the expression um, and never really appreciated it until I started writing the book. If you have your health, you can do a million things. If you don't have your health, you can only think of one thing. So there's a constantness of how do I get past this? How do I solve this particular problem? And here's one of the problems with chronic Lyme. Let's say you're, your feet burn. And that's not uncommon because when you're killing the bacteria, there's then a next stage of getting the dead bacteria out of your body because of gravity. A lot of times it'll go down to your feet. So you're like, why, am I, why are my feet burning? Common symptom with, with chronic Lyme disease. And then you figure it out, you take care of it, and then your shoulders are bothering you. And then you have headaches, and then you have back pain, and then you have everything else related to it. You know, one of the analogies we talk about in the book is if you were to break an ankle, every orthopedic surgeon on the planet is going to put you in a cast for six weeks. They're going to say, sit on your butt for two weeks, watch loss reruns, you know, or whatever it might be, or go binge something, go binge White Lotus. And then you're going to start your rehab. You're going to start doing the walking. Every orthopedic surgeon around the globe is going to say the same thing. Lyme treats everybody uh, everybody differently, right? You have a history of whatever it might be. Let's say you have those multiple co-infections like we talked about. So you got to be treating all of those. Your life is a different situation. You know, let's say you have stress. You have work stress. You have something in your life. The last two and a half years, everyone on the planet has had to deal with stress. Stress brings up the Lyme, it re it makes it reoccur through your body. You may be in what's called remission, which is, you know, the the bacteria is still in your body, but it's, safely tucked away so you can do things. You you can go out with friends. You can go out for walks. You can go on trips. uh, But then stressors occur, whatever it might be. Um, Anything from a child having a problem or something macro like the pandemic. And then I've seen so many people over the last few years, Jeb, where the, the symptoms have reoccurred. And the problem, once again, you can't cure chronic Lyme disease. You can get it to a place where it's in remission so you can function. Hopefully, I've met people who have very high-performing jobs, VPs of business development, uh, VPs of accounting, uh, but they have to control their lives within the bounds of having the chronic illness.
0: Walk me through your own journey. So from, I, I don't know anything about this. I'm I'm hopeful that I can help my, you know, my, my, my person that I love, I can help them solve this problem. I can cure it to learning how to support it.
1: Yeah. You know, you and I are in the sales performance improvement world and it's really about providing service to your customer at the end of the day and helping your customer serve their customer. So uh, I've, been, I've been searching, you know, why has this happened? There was a person in my life who uh, I, who had chronic Lyme disease. It was a common thing. We knew about it. We talked about it all the time. It was a thing in our life. Right. But it wasn't a debilitating. Our life is about that. Our life was about so many other things. Um, this particular person had a, uh, what's called a flare um, sometime in the middle of, of 2021. And I said, I need to know more about this. And what I realized was, Jeb, even though I was very devoted to this particular person, um, my knowledge of Lyme was keep this person out of stress and try to understand where the best gluten-free pizza was. You know, one of the things that you need to do if you have Lyme is you need to be gluten free. Gluten blocks the destruction of the bacteria, so most people who have uh, chronic Lyme disease are gluten free, or they they should be, following a gluten free diet in addition to like a dozen 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 and a half of other things. So I said, oh, I. I thought I knew everything I knew about this particular disease. I, I need to know more. So I jumped online and I Googled spouse and Lyme disease. Right. And I saw, you know, when you Google anything, there's like a million pages, right? Best tow truck in the area is like a million pages show up. Two pages showed up and it was like an article from like 2015. And I said, that's a can't be, that's kind of odd that there's only one article that's been written on how to support someone that you love with Lyme disease. So I went on Amazon, I bought every book that had the word Lyme disease. And there were three types of books. There were books that were like an inch thick written by doctors, you know, the history of Lyme, every possible treatment for Lyme. And there was typically written by doctors. Then there were a whole bunch of what I call the, the first person, my battle with the tick type of books. And Stephen King wrote funnier books than most of these books. And people talked about how they went into despair in some cases how they traveled around the world, Jeb, to try to find a solution for this, you know, disease. I mean, if you and I stub a toe, we sit down for, you know, 10 minutes, you know, and look at our phone, right? If you have this disease, there are people who are traveling around the world for Eastern type of solutions and herbals and things that I didn't even know existed, people were doing to try to take these diseases, And then there was a whole category of third, uh, third uh, tertiary type books on the periphery, mindfulness and Lyme, uh, keto diet and Lyme, meditation and Lyme strategies, herbals and Lyme. And I was like, I didn't even know anything about this. I also discovered that there's a whole bunch of Facebook pages that are devoted to Lyme disease. Some have 50,000 members members. <laughs> some have like 500, the Utah Lyme disease association. There's a couple of them that have tens of thousands of people. And I just started looking at these Facebook pages, which I didn't know existed. And I'm reading all these things that people are going through on a daily basis. And people are asking each other for questions. You know, it's like, Hey, how have you solved this? Or have you tried ever this particular drug? And then you would see like 50 people chiming in. And that's when I got conscious of the whole notion of crowd curing, you know, in the sales world, you know, people, come to people like you and Anthony and Mark Hunter and and Mike, you know, all the experts out there, Mike Weinberg, me, and they asked for advice. How would you handle this problem? How should we manage our team now? On the Lyme side, people were asking each other because doctors didn't have the answers like we alluded to before. So I came across this organization called LymeDisease.org, which I didn't know existed, right? And there's tons of 501c3s, not-for-profits, and uh, they write articles on Lyme disease, you know, medical advances, cases, et cetera, uh, new statistics that come out. And I said, Hey, can I write an article for you on what you should be conscious of as a partner to somebody with Lyme disease? And the woman who's in charge of social media, her name is Dorothy Leland. She said, yeah, sure. That'd be great. We've never covered that before. So I wrote an article uh, published it in August of 2021 called how to be supportive When your partner has Lyme. Also, I got like, like 50 Facebook friend requests out of the blue. And Dorothy said the article got like 500 downloads, which is pretty good for something like that. And she ran it again, got another 500 type of downloads. I get another 50 requests. People reach out to me. I wish my spouse cared as much as you do. Uh, I wish that um, everybody read this article because nobody knows what we go through. You know, like we talked before, Lyme is a, it's an invisible disease. You know, when you see somebody with cancer, you know they have cancer. Everybody rallies around the kid with leukemia at the end of the street, as we should. Nobody rallies around the Lyme survivor. You know, you look fine. People tell me all the time, people say, oh, you look great. Look great. Good. Well, I can't get out of bed, if you will. So then I just started getting more and more people reached out to me and, uh, the she uh, Dorothy reran the article a couple of times. I wrote a couple of other articles. I did some sales game changers podcast where I interviewed VPs of sales who have Lyme disease who overcame it. And more and more people started reaching out and someone said, you know, you should turn this into a book. So uh, this year, 2022, I wrote the two books. I wrote Insights for Sales Game Changers. And concurrently, I wrote Love Hope Lyme with family members, partners, and friends who love a chronic Lyme survivor need to know. I got to know people who run these Facebook groups. Everybody's been so grateful. You know, you and I in the world that we're in, people are, are thankful. Thank you so much for motivating my team, for helping us understand how to get through your book that just came out. You know, it's such a timely book. We had you on my podcast, you know, talking about selling in a crisis. And uh, but on the Lime side, Jeb, I get five people a day who reach out and say, thank you for caring. Nobody cares. Uh, I'm going to buy three copies and send it to my family because they don't believe me right? So that's been the journey to this point. Uh, a year ago, I never expected that um, I was going to write a book about Lyme disease. Three months ago, I was not an expert on or a book author on disease management. Yeah, I knew I'd be writing you know, sales books and we're working on our next sales uh, insights for sales game changers. Jeb, I've gotten 20 suggestions on my next book, uh, on the disease side. And one goes back to what you said, which is love, hope, chronic illness potentially, uh, or, or some various topics that people suggested I
0: continue with. How does chronic Lyme disease break relationships? How does it destroy relationships?
1: Yeah. So one there's, there was two trends that I noticed on the Facebook groups that were very disturbing besides the, how do I get rid of this burning sensation in my feet and, and all those kinds of things. One of them was, um, my spouse doesn't care. Um, he just left or my, my fa- I don't want to go home for Thanksgiving because nobody believes me. And then people would chime in. It's like, I'm here for you. Or, you know, you should take your, your stand, whatever, wherever the suggestion might be. And I said, wow, that's a thing. You know, that is a thing in in the Lyme disease world that spouses leave. Typically it's the spouse that doesn't have the disease. And it's usually along the lines of, yeah, I didn't sign up for this. You know, I need you to work. You can't work. Uh, You know, you're not the the man or woman who uh, you were when I met you eight years ago or five years ago. I don't want to be spending every Saturday night at home, you know, while you're in bed, you know, type of a thing. And it's it's understandable. It's, it's sad, but in some cases it's very understandable. Um, and the person who has the Lyme disease, they're not who they were. You know, they don't want to be sitting upstairs in bed, you know, for three weeks, you know, they, I've seen so many times, Jeb, people with Lyme disease posting, I missed who I was. You know, I even wrote that in one of the first pages of the book is, you know, I missed the woman I was, I missed the, the man who I used to be. I hope to get my life back and be able to do those kinds of things. So spouses just leave. Um, and that's, that's pretty much it. Family members leave, friends leave. And I would see people posting nonstop. You know, I wish people would take the time to understand. Um, that's why I've gotten such a great response from people today, uh, today and, and every day saying, you know, thank you for helping us tell the world what we're going through. And it's a very difficult thing to communicate. The second type of post that I would find Jeb, uh, I remember this one very, very clearly. It was, it was June of 2022 as I was writing the book and someone posted, uh, on Facebook. Could someone please PM me the easiest way to take my life? I can't take this anymore. And then there were 10, 15, 20 people, sweetheart, don't do that. Call me. I'm here for you. And I would see that post three times a week, similar type of a post. Uh, I published the book, love hope Lime, And actually both books were published in the middle of August, 2022, early in October, somebody posted, uh, Hey, does everybody remember, does anybody remember this particular person? Her, her Facebook name was Chels, C-H-E-L-S. And uh, she said, I just want people to know that she did kill herself. She did take her own life. Um, this woman had two young girls and she just couldn't take it. There was no cure. And I see that every, three times a week, I'll see a post on Facebook. I can't take this anymore. It was nice knowing you all. God bless you, whatever it might be. That's the extent, you know, when you stub your toe, You know, you don't see people, when you break a leg, you don't see people saying, I'm going to kill myself. You know, you understand that there's a treatment there with the Lyme. It just affects so much that it's, and you use the word insidious in the beginning of the conversation. It's an insidious disease. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be a disease. You know, it shouldn't be on our planet with everything else that we have to deal with this particular disease. As a matter of fact, the Dalai Lama even once said, I love
0: everything on this planet except for ticks." So, so to wrap things up, let's, mm-hmm. let's say that you have a spouse that, or a significant other or a child or a parent or a friend or someone in your life that is suffering from chronic Lyme disease or in, for, for that matter, really any type of chronic disease. And, and I, I you know, I have some experience with this because my, my wife um, suffers from chronic migraines and they just, mm-hmm. they just pop up at the weirdest times. and, and I've, you know, it's, there's just nothing that you can do. Like it's complete helplessness. You can try to help, but there's not a lot. Um, what are some of your immediate tips for the person who is living with the person who has chronic Lyme disease that would allow them to be more supportive and perhaps to feel a little less helpless so that? you, you, and your, you know, the, the person that you love are able to coexist in a world w- with a disease that's not curable, but manageable.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And, and obviously I go deep into a whole bunch of different ideas in the book, but I'll, I'll give you three. One is just let them know that you're there and you believe them, that you believe them you know this this person doesn't want Lyme disease there's an expression uh, Lyme warrior and there's uh, a, someone created this this beautiful community of Lyme warriors and there's like 27,000 uh, mostly women who uh call themselves Lyme warriors you go to their facebook page you'll see a green heart which is the symbol for Lyme disease and then you'll see I'm a Lyme warrior But here's the thing, Jeb, nobody wants to be a Lyme warrior. You know, when when you were a little girl, you didn't say, gee, I want to be a Lyme warrior. I want to be a princess. I want to run a company. Nobody wants to be a Lyme warrior. But if you're in the space of having this disease, you want to do everything you can to live a normal life. So you need to believe them. First and foremost, believe them. Know that it's a real thing, uh, et cetera. Number two is, I think you need to be open and have conversations. You know, I read a chapter. One of the chapters in the book is about the healing process. You know, and I don't know about you, but prior to thinking about this book, I never used the word heal. You know, I had a broken ankle when I was in ninth grade, and, and I know it healed. But um, healing is something that I don't even remotely think about healing is on the mind of the line warrior every second of the day how do i heal from this so understand that if this is real and that they're going through some process to figure out how do i how do i live how do i have a normal life how do i be able to go to restaurants how am i able to show up in social settings when i know i have this disease but everyone else is focus on their own thing you know the first thing on my mind if i have this disease is i have this disease right for everybody else it's how do we reach our number for the quarter or you know how do we get new customers whatever it might be so you know understand that it's part of who they are Uh, stage five of the healing process in my book is accepting that you have the lyme disease Uh, so understanding that i have lyme disease And I want to live a life and I want to be a great mother and I want to be a great sister, friend, whatever it might be, spouse, whatever it might be. And the third thing is just get educated. Uh, Like I told you, I was particularly uh, devoted to to a particular person. And I thought I knew everything by keeping him out of stress and understanding where the best gluten-free pizza was. And and I I probably knew more than I give myself credit for. Um, But then I started understanding co-infections, you know, uh, I under started understanding the treatment type of things, antibiotics. You know, there's two basic ways to treat. There's medical Western medicine, which is antibiotics. And then there's Eastern medicine, herbals, roots, things like that. Each of them serve a purpose. Uh, I got to understand what each of the herbal does. By the way, one of the greatest uh, leaders in herbal treatment for Lyme disease, a guy named Dr. Stephen Buhner created this beautiful protocol. He just passed away a couple of weeks ago in the beginning of December and tens of thousands of people were singing his praises for helping understand how herbals can help you recover so just get a little more knowledgeable on what this person's going through and what their life is all about i like and you know what last thing as i tell people um, I, i was very fortunate to have gotten dr richard harwitz who's the foremost Lyme doctor on the planet to write the forward to the book and he basically said you know be loved have hope With the right medical treatment, still a disease. You got to treat it. So you got to keep figuring out what's the best way to go about that. I
0: I like the concept of accepting. I think that that if we if we dial everything you said into that into that point uh, of you know it's almost a point of light. I would say because because it's it's like so many of other things in life. Once you accept where you are, it's a lot easier to deal with where you are. If, if you think about the, the broken relationships where once you know, the spouse says, I, I can't live with this anymore and leaves, and the, you know, you've got the, the other member of the relationship who is suffering from chronic Lyme disease, who is spending their time worrying about it, trying to fix it, that's where you, you end up in this place where someone's desperately reaching out on Facebook and saying, how do I kill myself? But if you stop and accept it, then you can let it go. Like at that point, you can let go of the worry. You can let go of the anxiety, you let go of the stress and you can begin to, to, to deal with it, to, to, to find ways to, to, to work it into your life. And, uh, and, and for example, with my, with my wife and, and migraines, I always just, we just always leave space because you just don't know what's going to happen. And if you just accept it and you say, well, there's always going to be space here. If, you know, if you're in a situation and you get hit by these things and they happen out of, out of nowhere, it doesn't disrupt the rest of our lives. So we, we're not, we, you know, we're, we're not walking around with anxiety over what happens if. So I, I, I just think that that just so powerful, what you said. And I think that's true for so many things in life. If you can just step back and accept it, once you accept it, then everything gets easier from there.
1: That's a great point. And actually, uh, you know, Lyme is one of those diseases where, like I mentioned before, you know, you treat the burning sensation and then half an hour later, you have problems with your shoulders and then you treat that. And then half an hour later, you have problems with your digestive system, whatever it might be. Um, it's not easy to get to point of acceptance, but you have to get to the point of acceptance. And then you could say, okay, uh, I, ha- I am whoever I am. I have Lyme disease. I, whatever, whatever, whatever it might be. And, and that's where you could truly begin to, to live life. And you know, here's the thing too, Jeb is I've met so many people who've reached that point and have great lives. You know, just it's, again, it is an insidious disease. No one should have this disease. There should not be this disease on the planet. I am hundred percent convinced of that, but you have it and you're still alive and you have people who love you. Uh, you know, the person with the Lyme disease isn't sitting around saying, gee, I'm loved. I'm so blessed. Uh, you know, they're, They're trying to figure out how do I get better. But when you get to the point of acceptance, then you could appreciate things a little more. You know, maybe you're not going to become the CEO of IBM, but you can have a fruitful life and you can provide value and you could be warm and accepting uh, and you could be who you truly want to be.
0: Very good. What a great interview. Thank you so much, Fred. Here's the book. It's called Love, Hope and Lime. It is available on Amazon and wherever books are sold. Uh, You can get it in Kindle and you can get it in hardcover and I can't imagine a better gift. If you've got someone who is experiencing any type of chronic disease and you've got you know loved ones who are living with this, this is a wonderful book for all of those things, if, especially if you have someone with chronic Lyme disease. If it's you, buy the book for you, you and, and the one you love. If it's someone in your life buy the book and give it to them. This book is, is, is phenomenal, Fred. And it's, it's, you know, I, you can just tell the, all of the heart and love and care that you put into the pages. And thank you for writing such an important work. It means a lot coming from you. I really appreciate that. Very good. Thank you so much. And folks, we'll see you next time on the Sales Gravy Podcast.